Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Charlie and I know each other from my previous life. Um, we work to- we work together. Zero, we have to go back! We have to stop Fagin! <sighs> there is a room in the back. A circle. You can use that to transport yourselves. And these people that I have been working with. You need to stop them. Coffins, both open and closed, litter the roomstone floor. Tomorrow night at 7pm at the LaRoche grave. We're having a funeral of sorts. Drops an item into one of the open caskets near him. He took the gold locket and ring from her dead mother, that devil. Maybe Rose? You notice that her hands are like tied with like leather straps. Um, and, and you notice like a, a fuchsia color peeing out. This happens, this happens when I'm stressed and I'm very stressed and your questions aren't making me less stressed. Awen and Bertram, you follow Penny, and as you reach the front door of this mortuary, the wind is howling outside, enough to cut one's ears off. And you turn up your hoods or your cloaks or whatever you have against this onslaught. Penny, where are you going to lead them? Um, okay, so she leads them the whole time, kind of trying to cover, because it's cold. So she she has whatever she has, she's trying to cover. Do I have a blanket? Sorry, I just want this to be accurate. I don't think I do. If Basically, you, have, if you have an explorer's pack, you do have a blanket. Great. She pulls out a blanket, wraps herself, covers her arms in the process, and is sort of just like looking both ways and trying to sticking kind of to the edges and the corners and just try to sneak away along the street. Um, and then... Down the way to the right, there's like a really floofy but really dusty and run-down tea shop that she pulls them into. It's like really, think Madame Puttyfoots, let's be real. It's like very Madame Puttyfoots from Harry Potter. Okay. So the three of you, you step into this tea shop and despite the, the horrid cold outside and the howling wind, it is nice and quiet and even cozy in here. Although not the cleanest, although not the finest, it still exudes a warmth that can put a traveler or a lost soul at ease. 
and it is very sparsely populated in here. You see a main table at the front with a hostess behind it who is both brewing the teas and handing them out. One server going around, um, but also you only see one other party kind of just in a corner, at a corner table, party of maybe two or three over there. Nondescript, uh, scanning over there, you don't recognize them at all, Penny. And then there are other tables dotted throughout the room. Great. I look over to Bertram and Eowyn and say, this, this spot is nice, it's clean-ish, and none of, the, none of the guys ever frequent this place. They make fun of it. Uh, so I don't think we should have any trouble in here, hopefully, unless something's changed. Um, and then she heads over to a table in the corner and kind of and has not removed the blanket. The blanket's staying on and kind of hunkers in uh, in a position where she can still see the keep her eye on the door. Yeah, Awen follows her and kind of like takes a look around the room as he walks over. Bertram uh, isn't looking at her, but kind of nods like, yeah, 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 yeah. But his eyes go to all of the glorious tea that's around everywhere. And his eyes are definitely lighting up. So, um, yeah, he'll go up to the, the barkeep. I don't know what you would call the person who's, who's serving at the front barista? of the tea. Brewmeister. Oh, I like that. This is the brewmeister. And you said it's a, a gentleman? No, actually, it it Sorry. it is an older rabbit folk. So she, uh, yeah. So the, one of the newer races that you can play in D anD D five e, um, they've added a few, and they're anthropomorphic. They're kind of animal based. So in this one, it is like a humanoid rabbit. So standing on the hind legs, um, but otherwise, just looks like a rabbit that can stand. That's just a little bit shorter than the average height for a human. So still far below Bertram. <laughs> We're not talking even about six foot. This, this rabbit is probably like 5'2". Um, this rabbit folk. And That's a big rabbit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, is, it is an older female. So she has kind of like a kindly face and a little apron tied around. A ladle strapped to her back. Yeah, Bertram will throw down five gold pieces and and says hello there madam your finest tea please and thank you i don't know oh what you'd say your finest loose your your finest loose leaf oh my goodness uh, how much of this tea do you want i f- for five gold i can give you so much if you can give me so much, then that is what I will take. Uh, but none of the none of the lower the lower shelf loose leaf teas. I want the high shelf. The give me what you've got. Give me your best shot. Show me what you've got. <laughs> and she she uh, takes four of the five gold. You know, swipes it backwards. Puts it, puts it into her version of a register. And then she takes one and puts it in a side jar. And then she gets to work. So um, she gestures that she'll, you know, bring it out to you. So to go ahead and join your table. Thank you, madam. I'll, I'll be right over there in the corner with my, with my two companions. Thank you. Of course, of course. 
Um, and so, yes, yeah, she gets busily to work. You join your two compatriots. And so the three of you, you have a little bit of space of time to yourselves here. Um, and so you also notice that on this table are, although there are, is a cloth, you know, covering for the wooden table, the napkins there that they have, a small stack in the middle, are made out of a paper. You know, so they're, they're, they're more of the paper napkins easily drawn upon. And here is where I would invite you, Penny, um, to begin filling in what you can uh, of what you know of this city. And so I'm going to have you guys do like a very super mini, eeny, eeny, beatsy world building for me. Um, And so you, uh, since this is a place that you know very well, Penny, you are going to guide drawing on one of the napkins a map of this area of the city. But I'm also, for fun, going to invite both Adam and Aaron for your characters to kind of like in a Monster of the Week version of this. So, so sometimes when you play, you can, invite your, your, uh, you can invite your players to tell you in the spur of the moment something that is either in the room or in the city, and now it's part of the game. And so I'm going to invite Adam and Aaron, even though their characters have not been to this city before, but just for fun to tell me and tell, therefore, Penny one thing to add to the map that will be on there. Okay, so for this, it's, I would say, just to numerize it or just to give it boundaries here, uh, Kimmy, Penny's going to give us five details about this and then... Uh, Awen and Bertram will each offer up one detail. And so all of that together will help me and will inform where I go from here in creating the city of, if you guys remember the sound, the name of it is Old Smoke, the city at large. But you guys are in a section of Old Smoke. The sense that we are playing through, since we are playing through Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens, you know, he's basing it off of London, um, which is a you know a square mile and in the square mile of london there are 33 boroughs and so the idea is you have sections of the city that are like their own and so you're creating a map of this section of the city um and just for fun the section of the city that you're in where you kind of grew up a lot penny where you kind of operated in a lot although you went to different parts of old smoke but where your base of operations was is called the dickens which is the slummy place the not as nice a lot of where the darker deeds were either planned or carried out okay so city at large is called old smoke and you guys are creating a map on a napkin of the dickens Okay, we'll see how this goes. Um, Improv time. Improv. All right. So I look at them and say, basically, this is the old part of town. This was built hundreds of hundreds of years ago. So just imagine a grid or like um, if you set up a bunch of squares and then you shook it for a few minutes, that's what these streets look like. It has a semblance of logic, but there's like little alleys in and out and in and out. Not many people know them all but I do, but we'll get to that. So, and then she draws like, I think a big line down kind of two thirds to the right on the paper. It says, this is the street. Um, how am I going to do this? Sorry. I'm like, 
Has anyone read that book about um, the the Great Plague and like Jon Snow and him like solving typhoid? Mm-mm. It's no. really good, particularly during COVID. It was a really interesting read. It's like he's the original Jon Snow. Anyway, there's like a map of Soho that I'm like visualizing right now, and I'm not trying to get too. Wait, but it's like, not Journal of the Plague Year, is it? No. Now I want to know. I'm so sorry. This doesn't matter. Give me two seconds. Jon Snow book typhoid. Boyd. it's like really it's truly the most fun ghost the ghost map it's like the most fun okay. book i've read in a while anyway but there's a map of soho so um basically she draws this big line and she's like this is the line across on one side is the beautiful part of town where the rich and the successful and everyone interesting and cool in old smoke lives we're not there we're over here in dickens this is the rough the grubby the dirty the fun the um mischievous side of the city so um the two bump up against each other there's only one small alley which connects it we would use that to go over there and to you know make make our money make our means as it were so in old smoke we've got a couple of um there's a couple things you can look for that can kind of tell you where you are. First of all, in the center of it, there's this big old church. Its roof is half collapsed. I don't use it for church anymore. I've never been to a church service, but it's there and there are a lot of meetings often by Fagan in there. So often it's a gambling ring. It can be a lot of things, but that is like the central point of Dickens. And that is one of the first places we will either want to be avoiding or if we decide we're just heading straight into this, that's where we probably can find Fagin. Um, I can keep going. Any questions? No, Any is- questions? <laughs> I think this is where I would invite uh, Adam and Aaron. Do you guys have uh, your detail that you'd like to throw onto this map? And you, could, you don't have to speak in character for this because this is just you, um, the player, giving us some cool new details. Yeah, so I think on the edge of um, the edge of the Dickens. Um, so you said that there's one side that is the rich side. What was that called? Um, I don't think that, it's been said. I didn't have a neighborhood side a name for that. Um, oh, okay, okay, Charleston. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, Char- yeah, good old Charleston. Um, <laughs> so butting up right against. So where those two meet, um, I think. So I guess like where so. Um, there's a large, hilly, green park-type garden uh, that is kind of juxt- like juxtaposed. This is uh, the border between um, Charleston and the Dickens. And I'd say, like, in that, there are some, like, thick wood, thick woods, and also um, just, like, some hills. Nice. I like that. Okay, so we have kind of a... In the middle of the urbane atmosphere, you do have still an element that would be helpful to our druid. Yeah, I, I think even, I, I like how there's that border that differentiates the both the two sides. I think even more so going after its, after its namesake of Old Smoke, I'd say that maybe in the, in the Dickens area of town, the borough, maybe that's where a lot of like, tall factories and tall buildings are that billow smoke down to the ground. And so you have a lot of these skyscrapers that just cast shadows and darkness on the streets, even during the daytime. And the smoke that comes from these kind of blue collar factory jobs just permeates the streets and sits on it. So it's easier 
maybe for Penelope when she was growing up and those people to slink in and out of the streets and go unnoticed because it's full of shadows and darkness and smoke. So like I know Penelope mentioned earlier, maybe even like jumping from shadow to shadow, it's really easy to do in the Dickens where their shadow covers everything and smoke just fills the air and coats your lungs. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there, there's a useful part of it, but also there's that pollutant to it where, you know, you would definitely not have that on the Charleston side, the nicer side, mm-hmm. but they would kind of have everything that would pollute and congest pushed over to where it was more convenient <laughs> on yep. the Dickens instead. Mm-hmm. And then how they're able to use that to their advantage. Exactly. Uh, Penelope mm-hmm. was. And yeah. it's, it's like an adaptation for them, right? It's yeah, like, exactly. Well, we're stuck with this so we can use it to, to conduct our business. Um, now, Kimmy, uh, can you give me three more details, three more details. that Penny would, would add to this map? She would notice... Um, she would point out that up the way from the church, uh, from the church, right, the tip, the top of Dickens, there is a statue of a small dog. It's pretty out of the way. It's just on the side of the street. But that statue is a meeting place for a lot of people. So that's a term that statue. Um, it's um, I'm trying to give it a name. Give me a minute. But um, We'll call it Rufus. The statue, the dog is called Rufus. No one knows why. No one knows why it's there, but it's a statue of a dog and it's right there. And that is a meeting point for a lot of people. So if you hear someone reference the Rufus, that's what they're talking about. Um, And then she points down. It's basically down like two. You have to turn down like three alleys. At the end of an alley, there's a public house called um, the King's Nose. And that public house is basically where everyone hangs out and where everyone talks and where everyone gets in trouble. Where basically the most devious plans or the most devious um, cookings up happen at that pub. And that's the number one spot for everyone to spend after a job. Nice. That's great. One more. Do you need more? One more. One more. And then I want to add on to his park. There is a small corner on the Dickens side that basically they felt like the the people of Dickens weren't using it well or weren't making use of it. And so the people from the Charleston side used a corner um, of the Dickens side as a cemetery. And so therefore that is where the La Rochelle. La Rochelle? La Roche. La Roche. That is where La Roche probably would be found is in that corner cemetery in a very decrepit part of the park. It's it's like how Eagleton and Pawnee are, where they like. I was thinking border. the exact same thing with the fence there, the fence that divide or yeah. some kind of dividing line. Yeah. So that's based on this is based on truth. I'm pull, I pulled up the ghost map because I'm a nerd, but there was like it literally this area where typhoid broke out. Like their houses and the streets created a wall where on the other side was like the richest part of town, and then right next to them is where all the poor people were dying of typhoid. It's so interesting. Dang. Anyway, I love that book. That's it. I love typhoid. <laughs> make that so into a pin people. my friend so many all right so many. y'all gotta so, read this book you guys did an awesome job like a plus on that for just a little bit of improv and coming up with things on the fly we have a working map here and i think just getting to know I, i've gotten to know the dickens so much more in the past 10 minutes from you guys and i'm gonna have fun now playing with this in a world that you guys help build and so i i'm very very excited to have some of these down so uh i made sure to take notes and i even put it into our group chat so that you can have it too 
This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey, it's me, Kate, your master teacher, and I'm here at the break to say, first of all, thank you for listening. I am so happy you're here. I'm so happy you are listening to this adventure set in the world of Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. And I would love to invite you to a couple things. First, I would love to invite you to reach out to us, even if it's just to say hey, or to give us a very corny dad joke if you're into that, or to give us suggestions for future homebrew content or future stories to use as long as they are in public domain. But you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Show, And you can also email us. Our email is omamamshow at gmail.com. I would also like to invite you to leave us a review and a rating. You can rate and review us on iTunes podcasts, but you can also do it on many other platforms wherever you are listening. Uh, But by doing so, you are really pushing us forward. You are allowing us, through the algorithm, to be seen and suggested to more people so that they can join you on this literary journey, on this adventure that we're all on together. And we humbly appreciate it. It means the world to us to see another rating or review pop up on this little podcast of ours. And in exchange, I'll be reading your reviews podcast episode by podcast episode. So for this week, I am going to share a review from Force of July. like that little punny name there. But Force of July says, Okay, so many things to write here. First and foremost, Caitlin, the master teacher. Ooh, that's me. Fantastically weaves together legendary literature with D&D elements to welcome the listener into a literary dimension of wonder and dice rolls. Secondly, the arcs are savory and short, which is a great change from other longer D&D podcasts. Third, the ensemble of player characters are interesting and their growing dynamic together is endearing. Last but certainly not least, the book report episodes, capping the end of each arc, are excellent and illuminating. They bring you into the context behind the literature and engage listeners meaningfully. This podcast is worth your time. Force of July, whoa! Uh, I I would love to just reach out to you somehow and say, hey, can I use this whenever I'm plugging the podcast onto different websites? This was super well-written and super kind of you. Thank you for that. But yes, if you leave us a review, especially on iTunes Podcast. We will find it and we will share it on here and you'll be able to hear your own words. So anyways, that's enough of me. Let's get back to the adventure and find out what happens next. So as you're finishing this map and you're putting the final notes of where the LaRoche gravesite would be uh, at that 
particular corner of the cemetery on the Dickens side of the park, you see the rabbit folk um, kind of shuffling up towards you, and she has a tray um, of a full serving of tea on it, complete with cakes and uh, small sandwiches. You see a sampling of three different types of loose leaves that you'll be able to put into there. Cream, sugar, all the works, right? Her version of attempting a high tea, and she's shuffling towards you. And as she goes, you know, she's slow going. And Penny, you kind of take a second look at her, and you realize you do recognize this person. You do recognize this rabbit folk. Um, It had been so long um, that you had just like blocked so much out and you remember that this person coming towards you, her name is Rose Maylie. And you remember her as somebody who would often offer the children in your group extra food, clothing, and shelter when they needed it most. She even had offered it to you a couple times. So even though you didn't have a lot of direct dealings with her, you weren't used to seeing her actually running the shop herself. She would usually be upstairs um, or she would be out and about. But another thing you remember about her is that she would often speak outright against Fagin, even at the times when you couldn't comprehend anybody being either brave enough or dumb enough to do so. But there was always an unspoken stalemate between the two of them. Fagin would never enter her shop. She would never enter his area. um, And they would just let each other be. But there was always something kind of simmering there of dislike. And you also knew that there were rumors that she had a specialty in smuggling, especially people. All this Penny would know. But I highly doubt in those few seconds where Rose is shuffling from uh, the kitchen to the table that you've had a chance to whisper this to your compatriots. So even though Adam and Aaron, you know this as the players, your characters do not. Yep, sounds good. Yeah, she takes this whole tray and she comes up to your table and she sets it slowly down. And as she rises back up, she seems very glad to see all the three of you that you're here. Well, hello there, new faithes. We haven't had anybody new come to this shop lately. You seem like a few nice folks. Would even hazard to say you may know right from wrong most of the time. That's a weird thing to say. Is it? She cocks her head. I don't typically get into philosophical discussions with the tea brew masters. Brewmeister? Meister, sorry. It's okay. Do you often talk about philosophical quandaries with with your customers? Only if they're new, but also old faithed. And the way she kind of says that and, and kind of looks each of you in the eye. Um, and she kind of gives you a, a small smile, Penny, but says nothing more. Penny leans forward and says, it's nice to see you again, Rose. I see you're still doing well. The shop looks great. Oh, so this is a very interesting thing. Would Rose know you, Zero, 
in this oh, that's current, very true. current mm. face. Wait, but you said, oh, so when, when Rose uh, Maley says, when, when she said that somebody like uh, old faces, are you saying that she's saying that about Penelope's face and maybe not Zero's face? Is that what the, the hint is? My, my thing is, actually, here's what I'm going to have as a DM for you. I'd like each of you to do an insight check for me. So go to wisdom, look up if you have any extra modifiers for insight and roll that. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at this. I got an unnatural one. I got a 10. That is a 22. Dang. Bertram, you're just confused and you're having a hard time understanding her. She kind of speaks with her I'm focused on tea. poking out. I'm focused, and, I'm focused and on tea here. you're focused on your tea. Penny, you can't decide whether or not she recognizes you or anything. She seems very kind and, and her usual warm self that you vaguely remember, but it's it's one of those where it's throwing you off, like, does she know who I am? Does she not? I'm very confused. And then I would say for you, what you're picking up on, Awen, is that she seems to recognize Zero, but is kind of confused. So it's like she recognizes Zero's face, but is confused why she would be here. Well, thank you for the tea. <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm joking about my own spit. Can you say that again, Awen? Sorry. Well, thank you for the tea and the crumpets and the accoutrement. I would, I would, I I take the tea if she's kind of midway putting it down. I'm, I'm, I help and interrupt. Uh, I'm sorry. My friends here do not know how to take a compliment. Yes, we are. Very kind faces and, and, and new here. What can you tell us about this town? I, I've, the weather and sights are beautiful, obviously, but what can you tell me about this place? Things I should know, places I should go, places I should avoid? She gives you a warm smile and her eyes kind of look down and, and they catch sight of the map that you've been drawing. Because none of you bothered to tell me that you put it away. So it's still up on the table. Um, and she kind of raises her eyebrows, but shrugs. And then looking next to you, Bertram, seeing a little bit of an extra space, she kind of like does her hands in like a, a moving motion a little bit. And then you, it, she's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, we've all bones of mine. Do you mind if I take a seat? Oh, sitting with the help. Okay, uh, all right. I suppose that's all right. Again? You're not the help. Very weird. Penny, yeah, I'm saying you're the help. I'm saying I'm sitting with the help because you're the help. Oh, no, I'm the owner. This, this is my place. Oh. Penny is like nervously playing with her hair, pushing away, trying to kind of cover her face a little bit. Your hands are up. She, al- she also takes note of your fuchsia hand as you push your, push your hair away. And, and it's like she, she doesn't say anything about it. She, you know, the, you can tell this is a person who is good at, it's part of her job, keeping secrets and noting things, but not sharing. Now, Rose, may I call you Rose? Of course, my dear. And what may I call you? 
You may call me Bertram. Thank you, madam. Now, now, I forgot to mention this when I was ordering, but do any of these teas help with allergic reactions? My friend here, I believe, is having some kind of allergic reaction with her hands and arms. It's oh. turning this dreadful fuchsia color. Yes, yes. Hang on. I have some chamomile dandelion in the back. Oh, and per- that'd be brilliant. Thank slowly you. slowly rises and she shuffles back. Right when she's out of earshot, Penny just turns. What are you doing? Do not talk about this with strangers. We are not in a safe place. Says the Don't person bring who left personal... the map out. Good job leaving the map we, out for the world There to are see. three of us at this table. We are all guilty. Yeah, I mean, don't we have places to be? Why are we sitting around drinking tea? Why are we not at the graveyard right now? Because that's tomorrow. This is a much more beautiful place to be than a graveyard, Awen. We are not here for beauty, Bertram. We're here to kill... (laughs) I'm for one am enjoying this break of killing and gross dank dungeons and and ships and and uh prisons but all right let's let's rush out of here and get some more blood covered and and all and all do you not remember that we we were just in a circle in the middle of a prison where they were making weapons keep it down but yes i don't i remember everything sir as a good servant does but we are also here for information. I was asking the lady for information. Did you not and hear apparently me? Apparently, tea. Bertram, well, you're asking, you is, ask everybody for information. Our friend is dying over here for all we know. Miss Vampire Lady, can you give us some more clues? <laughs> she had some really interesting things to say. Penny is like, truly, she's been over so far. She's like about to put her head on the table, but she also just reaches and grabs the map and pulls into her lap because clearly no one else has thought of it yet. You hear the shuffling come back and you see the rabbit folk like with, the, with a, just a cup of tea already like just steaming and you see something steeping in it. And she puts it in front of you, Penny. Let this steep for about one more minute. I understand. If you don't want to accept my help on on this, this is a home remedy, but hopefully... And then she, as she's stretching that word out, she sits back down. She eases her, her, her little bunny tush down. Hopefully we can uh, learn to trust one another. I, I know I'm a stranger to you, but... I see that I have been given an opportunity here, and forgive me if I'm forward, you might have no idea what I'm going on, but I'm looking for people to work together to, hmm, to take down a monster. Now, Miss Bun-Bun, this sounds all great, fine and well, but we are here on a tour. Trying to look around the fine city of the smoke. Old smoke. The fine city of old smoke. Oh, and, and, and on your tour, you decide to come to the Dickens. Well, you see, my friend here who enjoys fine teas does not understand how ratings and reviews work for I hostels. heard this was the here finest the city, tea it's room. Okay, the finest tea room. I'm sorry, was I mistaken for coming here? Is this not the finest tea room? Well, Bertram, we we are staying in a rather, you know, one star kind of establishment. 
So, you know, not not here, Miss Bun-Bun. You gotta see it. Well, I was hoping that you were people who would be willing to help. What, what's, what kind of monsters are you fighting? Oh, just one. Since you're new around here, but you're... But you seem to be getting to know this area around. She kind of looks toward where the map was on the table. I must ask you, what do you know of Fagin's potion shop? The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuckett here. You know, rumor was, Spaceship Oz-9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz-9? Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship. MCCACEC is a normal institution of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do you know, I am now the only assassin aboard the ship. What are you doing, Elaine? I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits the fan. Are they the most ridiculous people I've ever met? Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the Oz Nines adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there.